So those of us who are in the committed students group have been reading quite a wonderful book by Sylvia Borstein called Pay Attention for Goodness Sake. And for those of you who are not in that group, I would completely recommend that you find yourself a copy and read it. You can put it on your Kindle, I discovered. And, or you can find yourself a used copy someplace because they do exist. Or you've got one from wherever, your favorite bookseller. But it's a really lovely book where, um, that is a teaching on what are known as the paramitas, which are the qualities of the awakened mind. And with lots of practice suggestions and good stories, Sylvia is, you know, if, is nothing else if she's not a good storyteller. And um, so she has some good ones. And one of the ones that really touched me as I was reading this morning, because we're meeting tonight and we're going to be talking about loving-kindness practice. And loving-kindness practice is definitely Sylvia's forte, she really is good at it and loves to talk about it and she told this amazing story about a community in Jerusalem or in Israel um, that she knows of and where she visited it's a community um, that is consists of young German Christian refugees or, or not refugees but people who have come to Israel um, to live and they have created a home for the very elderly Holocaust survivors who have no other place to go. So you can imagine that um, this is a great and amazing um, community that is, an, in itself, in its very existence, an act that um, points towards letting go and forgiveness, and which was why they created it. And as I've often thought about forgiveness, and I talk about it a lot, you know, we all know those places in our hearts where we hold on to some story about someone, someone who did something, sometimes a really awful something to ourselves. And whenever we think about that person or that situation, there's a sense of contraction, I cannot see them, I cannot go there, maybe there's anger, there's a refusal to um, to even think about it very much. And, and you know, if somebody like that walks into the room, you know, your favorite person whom you love to hate all these years. And there's often almost a sense of panic, like, what am I going to do? You know, can I be here at this family gathering? Now, there's a good place, right? We, you know, maybe that's why I'm talking about it today. It's, it's uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, whatever it is, solstice, whatever your family does around this time of year, most families do something. And, and if you think you don't have a place where you haven't let go and you haven't forgiven, that's probably a good place to go to find out where you're still a little stuck because families just do that to us. I just came back from a week with um, some of my family in Texas. So 
You know, it's a, it's a very challenging kind of place. And the image of these people, the story Sylvia tells in her book, is of sitting down for Shabbat on Friday evening and, and the, the German host community celebrating Shabbat along with these very, very old Jewish people who are um, the Holocaust survivors. It's very, very touching. And so really it's a challenge, isn't it? Can we, you know, can you um, do that, that, this very interesting act that Henri Nouwen in a, in a wonderful quote says that, you know, forgiveness is, is the act of love among the, the, in the human family. And it's a family that loves very, very poorly and we need to forgive all the time, all the time, over and over again. So I imagine, you know, often then what comes is, is this thought, well, you know, I, I can't do it. I don't like, you know, this. this. I've, I actually had a student once say, you know, I think of forgiveness as the other F word. You know, I just, I don't, it means that I have to pretend something didn't happen, and I don't, I can't do that. And I actually don't think it's about pretending that something didn't happen. I think it's very much about accepting that something did happen and that you don't have to close down around it. There certainly are times when it would not be advisable to be in the presence of whoever it was who hurt you. There are events and um, actions that are so abusive and so difficult that it wouldn't be safe to be with whoever perpetrated that action against you. But that does not mean that you have to close your heart against that person. And um, again, to borrow from Sylvia, which I seem to be doing a lot today, you know, she talks about how when you're on the airplane, which I was yesterday, and they tell you to fasten your seatbelts. And you know, the flight attendant doesn't go around and just tell the people that look nice and friendly to fasten their seatbelts. Everybody gets to fasten their seatbelts. It's an act of kindness, acknowledging that Every person on this airplane is a member of the human family. And so all of these people who have done these difficult things against us are also members of the human family. And at that very basic level of wishing them well, perhaps wishing that they might come to a better place in their lives, it's possible to keep the heart open. And that's what we mean by forgiveness. You know, it's, not, it's not pretending. It's not at all pretending that something didn't happen. It's not even forgetting that it happened, because we can't always forget. It's remembering fully, remembering completely what happened, and still being able to wish that person well. And sometimes that takes place in an overt action of actually connecting to that person and, and repairing your relationship. And sometimes it doesn't, but it's a really, really important place for each of us in terms of what we do with our own hearts is keeping the heart open. I'm thinking about this a little because I, um, some of you may have noticed that Hannah was here, she had to leave early, and so we're in the throes of planning this ritual that we're going to do a week from Sunday, which is my stepping down ritual as the guiding teacher here and so I actually realized that um, somewhere in there I will probably ask forgiveness of the community for anything that I've done that may have harmed various people um, which I'm sure I've done in the course of 22 years of guiding this community I'm 
sure, I know I have. Um, and and I think it will be an important part of that ritual. And and I think this is such a, an interesting time, you know, these kinds of rituals that we're about to go through as a community are the kinds of rituals that are family gatherings when, you know, we're kind of pushed up against are we are we settled, are we, you know, have we cleared things or are we caught in some old story, you know? It's the it's those those places where we haven't let go, where we're still angry, where we're still smarting over the actions or the remarks that were made sometimes years ago. And we're living in that place. We're not living in this very present moment. And living inside of those stories is one of the places where we keep ourselves imprisoned and where we're not free. So we will stop there. I could imagine that this month there might be some questions or comments or resistance <coughs> or um, or your own stories that you want to share. Whatever place mine. I'd like to talk a little about self-forgiveness. Ah. Mm-hmm. Which I find to be a really tough one because there's no Interesting, isn't it? So her question for those of you who might not have heard it was about self-forgiveness which she finds very difficult. Yeah. And you know, in the teachings of Metta, the Buddha says that there is no one more deserving of your loving kindness than you. Isn't that wonderful? It's a really amazing teaching. And, you know, sometimes when I listen to it, I think, wow, you know, I deserve that? Yeah, I guess if the Buddha says so, maybe, maybe I do. And, but we don't tend to think of that, you know. Somehow, most of us have been raised in some way that somehow you're supposed to be nice to everyone else and forgive everyone else, and then maybe we'll get to you. And it doesn't work that way, actually. The Buddha wasn't just—he wasn't just being nice. He was saying, "This is what you have to do in order for it to work, in order for you to have that sense of loving kindness that." opens up to all beings, that is allowing forgiveness for all beings, you have to be able to go, yeah, and accept who you are and extend that same kindness and goodwill. So again, it's not pretending that you didn't do things that would that betrayed yourself or another. We've all done that, every one of us. And often I find, certainly in my own experience with me, is that sometimes the other person has forgiven me long before I've forgiven me. You know, they're quite happy to take me back into their heart. And I'm the one who's keeping my heart closed because of something that I did to someone. And to, to kind of open to our essential humanness. But you know what that means. It, and I think this is part of what makes it hard. Is it means we really deeply have to acknowledge that we blow it. And that's tough. To go, oh yeah, I really blew it, I really made that mistake, and I can still hold myself with some friendliness and kindness. The way you would hold an unhappy child, that's the image that the Buddha actually gives us, is a mother with her child. So that's the advice, to hold yourself in that same way. You know, all poor blue, you know, you blew it. Yeah. You just have to, and you have to practice it. I think this is, that's one of the things about loving kindness and forgiveness. This is not something 
You don't just go, yep, okay, loving kindness, heart's open, I'm forgiving, <laughs> it's done. You know, it just doesn't happen that way, does it? It's work. And I think that's, that's the beauty of having the phrases. It's the beauty of taking on, you know, all right, I am going to work at forgiving myself or forgiving this other person. And even just that idea that you could do it is a huge step in what may be a long process. Sometimes it takes years to really fully forgive ourselves or another. And you just keep directing the mind in that in that direction, pointing it in that direction. You know, I'm going to move towards keeping my heart open. And you might be thinking of this person and you might be gritting your teeth extending your kindness and your goodwill to them because you really don't want to, but you're doing it. And it's the doing that then begins to move the mind and the heart in that direction. Yeah, thank you. Great question. Please. In trying to uh, forgive yourself or someone else and sort of not making excuses, but looking into the backstory of uh-huh. your own and your All right. whatever, uh, is that sort of making excuses, or is that sort of part of doing the, the process of forgiving? Sort of understanding how it happened? Yeah, I say, well, yeah, it's it part of it. Yeah. Because of her background. Or I think that's part of it. I mean, sometimes when you think, I, I can think of somebody that I've had some difficulty with over the years, and when I think about that person's life and the story, it helps my heart to soften. Yeah, I think that's fine. Absolutely. Or your own story. Yeah, remembering, oh, you know, yeah. One more. This is a comment. When I do self-forgiveness, sometimes I see how much I don't forgive myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's really a good idea, and I'm really all for it. Well, you know, every one of these practices is a kind of a purification (laughs) practice. So what that means is you take it on, and then sometimes, like some people will start doing loving-kindness practice. Oh, that's a good idea. I should do it part of every day. And the first thing that happens is every ounce of hatred and anger that's in your body shows up. (laughs) Well, and you, you you could think, oh my goodness, I'm not doing it right. But it may be actually a sign that you are doing it right, because that's what's coming up, is you're getting to see where you aren't kind as part of your practice of kindness.